the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Oh, great one. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm the great one today. Johnny Carson, not a very nice man, but that's okay. So everyone wants free advice, which I think you're hurting yourself on. I can't tell you how many people I see try to do it themselves and then they mess up and they'll even go to a seminar and take pictures of the slides and think I can do this. But in the end, they can't do it. Otherwise, they would have done it. And when they try to replicate it, it gets kind of like a little bit confusing because things change. Environments are different. 2000 ushered in a millennial change, right? And uh, the way we do business kind of started getting faster and cheaper and roadblocks came down. And if you wanted to start your own business, I saw Amazon has a thing now where if you want to start a delivery business, they will help you and they will help you buy a car or a van. They will help you buy a fleet of cars or vans. They will put their logo on it, and they will help you hire people. So if you want to start a like, wait, wait, don't you have to go to college to start a business, or don't you have to have a great idea? No. Amazon's saying, we need little birds to go to do our delivery work, right? So things change. Probably the number one thing that I see people do is just try to cheat and say, what? give me advice for free. And the best thing I can say on advice is look for trends. So let's bring in Tony Mendez, Good morning. As the baby boomers get older, they take more drugs. And when you hear stories of like Viagra selling out, you know, just dominant because they're taking more baby boomers get older. They go to the doctor. They say, hey, I saw a commercial. Hey, can I get that? So the trend of the aging of the boomer was a big one for investing. Now, let's talk some trends on real estate, supply and demand. We've been in a trend where there's been not enough supply, too much demand, and what happened in those, you know, eight, nine, ten years? It was a trend. It was eight, nine, ten years of low supply and high demand. And it's not a surprise of what happened. Yeah, and we're in a trend right now that's um, it's hard to get away from. Um, and it's lasted a long time. And we have short memories in real estate. And I'm not saying that not a lot of there's still people out there that remember our last crisis or recession, the Great Recession, whatever you want to call it. But it it's it's interesting to see that some people are still making the same mistakes that they made last time. Yeah. Or at least thinking that way, the speculators. So it, it, we did usher in a very interesting age. Uh, baby boomers are, uh, and I, I'm glad you brought up that point. We, what are we going to do with the baby boomers? And I, I think the baby boomers are one of the, I don't want to say problems, but they could be the cure to the real estate uh, uh, crisis that we're in now and we are in a crisis of short inventory we're just not seeing enough buildings so it always comes down to the whole question is where people are going to move um because we're all we're seeing right now are apartment buildings yeah and i'm sure if that answers your question close enough 
But I think the trend on inventory, and this is a big statistic in, in real estate when you see new homes and existing homes, of how many days of inventory there are. At about three months, it's considered a... Three, three to six months, it could be considered normal. Healthy. Healthy. Nine, and it's suddenly a buyer's market because that seller has been put that house on the market for nine months. And that's like a long, that's how long it takes to make a baby, right? Yeah. It's long. It, uh, we're talking, I think, right now, 50 days, I think, nationally. Yeah, it depends on, yeah, locally, it's yeah. going to be different. Locally, but, it's yeah, different, yeah. Locally, in some cities, it's like three days on the market. Uh, sale pending, almost as soon as for sale sign goes up. Or, you know, showing this Sunday, Monday morning, sale pending. Uh, but I think that's a trend. And I think you're going to see into the end of the year with the higher interest rates, with the higher mortgage rates, albeit they do fluctuate, we should see a building of inventory this fall. We're getting out of the spring season. We're moving into the summer season. Foot traffic's a little bit lower. We should see some, some building, off incredibly low levels of inventory in markets like Boston, Detroit, Nashville. Um I don't want to say realtors are unreliable when it comes to the information because they. It seems like they're always saying, "Oh yeah, more inventory is coming on the market," and, and we kind of hear that every spring and every fall, the two big buying seasons and selling seasons of the year. And we're hearing the same thing about this fall. Um, and there's a you know there's a reason why this is the this fall is going to be a big season because everybody's going to go back to school. And they want to get their house sold and they want to move before everything. You know, they have to put their kids back through, but. Uh, we still see that they're shrinking inventory and there's nothing we can do about it right now. In fact, Robert Schiller, he came out and said that that's the one main driving force behind increasing home prices because of our inventory issue. But where we should see inventory build is on the high end and on the mid it's the low and mid homes around 350,000. They're going to sell in a week. Yeah. Uh, they're going to sell almost immediately because they're easily financed and there's a lot of demand for them from dun, 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 trend number two. In the near future, I predict, <laughs> millennials will start to come into their own. I know a couple of millennials that they had fun in their 20s, and they, they got their job going, and they got their, uh, uh, how shall we say, the raves out of the way, and now they're starting to get serious and make babies, and suddenly the millennials are starting to come into their own with jobs and starting to come into their own with wanting to own a home. So millennials should be a bigger part of the buyers in the next three to five years. That's a trend. Where, where do millennials want to live right now? Where can they afford to buy? That's where your investment ideas can start coming together and go, aha, I get it. Low inventory. I get it. Um, high demand. I get it. You know, $350,000 home is what I should be looking at because that's where I might be able to get in. I guess it's what, whatever perspective you're, you're at. If you're a builder, you're an investor and you want to make money, you have a lot of money to spend, you're going to probably build apartments right now. And that's the unfortunate part about the whole formula here. We have a massive buying pool. The millennials supposedly represent the largest buying pool we've ever seen in history, right. baby boomers, Generation X, and so on. And yet there's no affordable housing out there for them. And they're, meanwhile, rents are high and it's draining their ability to save uh, down payment. They've they're they're carrying the largest amount of student debt uh, in history, and these are the people who are supposed to be buying houses. So where are they buying houses? That's a trend that we're de- we're certainly following right now. Um, it's it's got to be tough out there as a millennial saying I want to be close to the jobs, but I want to own a house, and you can't have both. 
um, dual incomes are what we're seeing a lot of right now, Rob, right? Because that's really the only way that you can do the same kind of environment you see in renting, where you're seeing two or three people living in a one or two bedroom apartment. Same thing we're seeing in, in single families or townhouses or condos when it comes to millennials buying. Unless unless you're getting get, we're seeing a lot of gifts from parents too. So again, as someone who we get questioned all the time, we got questioned last night, like where should I buy a, a rental property? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, take a look at just go Google where are millennials moving. That's your idea. That's your answer. And it's like millennials are going like, I want to live in like Austin, right? like right? Good. <laughs> because in Austin, that's the place where that that Steve Austin six million dollar man was from, right? Really, Texas is. Don't mess with Texas. Don't man. mess with Texas. But a that, lot of that people lack are of income to tax. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so millennials where they're where they're showing their we want pretzel hamburger buns. Go where the pretzel hamburger buns are being made, so to speak, because uh, they are the they are the the forty three percent of all originations and mortgages this year will be tied towards millennials. I don't doubt it. So. Tony Mendez, you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com if you're a millennial, Gen X, Boomer, Snot-Covered Senior, whatever. If you need a mortgage, he can help you. He doesn't classify. I do. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Did you know that you could invest in soybeans, ticker symbol S-O-Y-B? Say what? Wheat, ticker symbol W-E-A-T. You can invest in dirt. Guess what the ticker symbol is on dirt? Soil. It's not dirt. I know you're saying, I thought it would have been dirt. You had me, Rob. It's soil, S-O-I-L. I'm 87 years old. I've been around since dirt was born. So you can invest in dirt like that guy, right? Right? You've got to be kidding me. I will say this. I I, I bet he'll be taking a dirt nap soon. Corn, ticker symbol C-O-R-N. You keep hearing about Coca-Cola and corn syrup and the corn syrup industry and the corn syrup industry is evil and the corn syrup industry turns food into energy and the corn syrup energy. Like you keep hearing about it. Do you want to invest in it? You could. Then again, you could also keep, you know, we're going to spend more on video games this year than we do at the movies. And yet you could think of like Tom Cruise ain't worth that kind of money. He's coming out with Top Gun too. And Anthony Edwards Goose from Top Gun 2, or Top Gun. He died in Top Gun, right? He's going to be in Top Gun 2 as his son. So he's not only playing his dad, but he's now playing his own son. Oh, my, my. Because the dad died, right? I know, I know. This is too much to handle, right? Any chance um, the two female leads in Top Gun come back, Kelly McGillis and uh, Meg Ryan? (laughs) No chance, because they got old. We'll take old Val Kilmer. Not a problem, throat cancer guy. Tacky. We'll take Tom Cruise. All four foot three inches of him. But do not give us old leading ladies. This is Hollywood after all. Why was I talking about Anthony Edwards and Goose? Maybe you could invest in Goose. Oh. Teddy Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Help me. Hey, Goose. Goose. You going to see Top Gun 2? 
Probably. <laughs> Probably. Are they going to be flying drones? Little squirrel pilots? So. Millennials are starting to come into their own. That's the last thing we talked about. Now I want to talk about one of my favorite things. Gravy. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with an app, and I'm thinking financial gravy. Not bad. Not bad. It could work. Um, gravy in retirement years. Not bad. Not bad. It could work. So I just want to call my app Gravy. Because I love gravy. You know what I love about gravy? Well, you know what I love about going to the, the South? You can always get gravy. You can get gravy on chicken. You can put gravy on anything. Yeah, you can get gravy on pasta. You can get gravy on, on biscuits. You can get gravy on Potatoes. shrimp. Shrimp with gravy and barbecue gravy. Barbecue gravy. <laughs> Southern homes. Isn't barbecue sauce gravy? Okay, I'm going a long way. I'm going a long way to say the South is really doing well in real estate. Yeah. And people, you know, you can have your... Isn't that where the Confederate Army lives? Kind of like naivety. And people in California are pretty naive at times. I knew a girl who she she was proud to say, I've never been east of the Rockies. I'm like, you know, they do have toilets in the on the East Coast. And they do have running water. They might just spin to say. in a different direction, but But cities that are doing like kick butt, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I I, I don't understand. Do they even have a basketball team? That's what I'm trying to get at. It's like, we ignore things because we're ignorant. Little Rock, Arkansas. Dallas, Texas. Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina is yeah. not Raleigh. It's not Raleigh. That's the, they're like the they armpit were. of North Carolina, and yet they're hot and sexy because you know what they have? Gravy! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we love affordable, affordable housing. We have clients moving all over. El Paso, Austin, you know, Dallas, I think about Houston, Paso, I think Houston's about. huge. Houston's growing. Um, so Texas, we already know Texas is is a gaining many, many, many people right now. Kind of coming from the east, from coming from the west. Uh, but but Raleigh, it's been on the list for years. Raleigh's been a great town. A lot of colleges, a lot of hospitals, lots of jobs. Research Triangle. Um, this, this, it's just too hot. I think people have to get used to the heat before you make a decision to move out there. But I heard somebody the other day say that they, they meet a lot of people who move from the Bay Area or California in general and then come back eventually. No. Yeah, I've heard that. I heard they take our cards away if we leave. <laughs> but with that being said, like, again, I'm, I'm not being silly when I say this. There's a lot of opportunity to invest in rentals. There's a lot of opportunity to say, this might be my retirement home. I'm going to rent it out for a few years. And it's a lot more affordable than people think. Um, the South is expected to grow at 6% compared to nationally 2.5% as far as population goes. And go where the people go. You, you probably will do well as an investor in real estate if you, if you think about that. You'll have more buyers to, to pick up your property down the road as they move from apartments to single-family homes, uh, as they make more babies. But the South has drawn people. Yep. And uh, we both know family members who are working in the South. Um, and again, it's, it's get over your, your biases and your cliches because millennials are going to where the jobs are and the jobs are going to where their low cost employees are, i.e. the millennials. And yep, you want your employees to buy, be able to buy houses. And the Atlanta soccer team in MLS is kicking butt. And, and I bring that up in large part because believe it or not, that's a sign of growth when you have a sports team that's brand new get the interest of a city involved and i think that's always a nice thing so could you have the courage to invest in the south uh yeah i, I would okay. i wouldn't be my first choice but yeah it, it 
you need a well-rounded kind of real estate portfolio. I already, I, I guess Richmond, Virginia is the South. Technically. Sure. I mean, I own a place there. They wipe their butts with tobacco leaves there, I hear. Yeah, they do. Yep. They do. They give them out do you remember, on, the, on the street corners. Do you remember on 95? 95 is like the 101 over there on the East Coast. It goes all the way up from Maine down to Florida. Do you remember the big cigarette in, in Richmond? There's a big Philip Morris, like, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say well, big, four, there's a huge 40 facility. star, 40, 40 story <laughs> statue. It was a cigarette. Something tells me that's no longer there. 15 years after I last saw it. Something tells me someone got Are you talking about the Washington monument. No, no, it looked <laughs> like the Washington monument. It be. It, yeah. it's, it's a cigarette monument. And, uh, it was right in Richmond, Virginia. It always struck me as funny. It was like, aren't these cancer sticks? So, you know what I used to do is I used to, um, you know, how, like if you go to a mall and people put cigarettes out in ashtrays with sand, I used to take those cigarettes and I used to go home and plant them because I was trying to make a, a cigarette tree. I figured they're being planted in sand, probably not a good soil for, for the cigarette to grow and mature. Awful. In Italy, they pick cigarettes off trees, just like pasta. I saw it on a commercial. It has to be true. That's why when someone comes to me with a commercial, I heard on a commercial you can get this incredible universal life insurance. I'm like, are you stupid? What is the matter with you? (laughs) So, yep, cigarettes grow on trees. You plant a good cigarette tree, that thing will bear fruit for years. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. We're talking real estate and trends. That trend was the South. You may not know about it, and you may have to say, not for me. You may know about it and say, that's a good idea. I know people have left the Bay Area for the South because of the cost of living and the quality of life. Keep in mind, you can still smoke in restaurants in some parts of the South, which is just weird. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Let the trend be your friend. It's a famous phrase. Made famous by Jean Von Jean Von the third. Whoa. He was a wrestler, I believe. With that being said, talking about some trends in investing tied towards real estate. Trends in investing could be we're spending more on video games this year than we're on movies. Trends in investing could be baby boomers are aging. And as they age, they're going to consume more pharmaceuticals. Trends in investing could be you know, year over year, quarter to quarter, things that you're paying attention to. Millennials coming into their own is a trend in real estate. So 2018, 2019, 2020 is kind of where you're looking at if you're looking for trends, right? What's going to happen in that period of time? Well, what's happened in the last year? Short-term interest rates have moved a little bit higher. That's worthy of note. Will that translate into higher mortgage rates? Will the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage be at 4% or 5%? Mortgage rates are expected to rise 25 basis points to 50 basis points, probably in the next 12 to 18 months. Whoops. They keep saying that, don't they? Just, They've been saying that for years. Just like a good producer, he turns your mic off during the break. No, I was, there was another reason. Don't! Oh, are you flimigating on me? Something like that. Sorry. <laughs> so we've talked about the South as having the fastest growth right now in all the four regions of the Bay Area, of, of the nation. 
We've talked about millennials coming to their own. They are saddled with a lot of college debt, but they are getting their careers going. And at some point in time, their biological clock does tick and it starts to stop and it won't cut off. The timer won't shut off. And the baby cries all night and the dog walks down the hall. And then I need more pharmaceuticals to deal with everything. So we've talked about supply being at the very low end and demand being at the very high end. And maybe demand tapers off a bit. Maybe on the high end. And that should create some inventory build on the the high end. Does it create inventory build on the low end? Maybe not. I'd like another home. I'd like it. And I don't even need it. I just want it. Because it's there to be taken, as Conan once said. And you're saying, Conan the Barbarian? No, no, Conan the radio show, television show host. So tax reform is something that, has it really changed as a trend goes from what you've seen with President Trump eliminating a lot of tax deduction in California? Are you seeing people say, I'm leaving California for another state? I'm leaving. Have you seen any reaction to the tax reform? It definitely had some teeth to it. Um, we've had a lot of people make decisions and to answer your question. Yes. Okay. I mean, we have seen some people change the way that they are buying real estate based around some tax reform. Um, and, but ultimately the, I think the mindset in the industry is that somebody who's going to afford a property or buy a property anyways, that's over a million dollars. They're going to have a you know, they're going to lose some of the deductions on the taxes and the interest, and they're going to get a HELOC and are people who can afford it anyways. Right. So that's kind of the mindset that people have been in. And, and they really kind of just push that aside. Now, if there wasn't an inventory, right. if there was more inventory in the market and, and especially in the high end, right. we would start seeing that as becoming a more of an issue. We're like, okay, well maybe I can get that $900,000 house instead of that 1.2, 1.5. Yeah, and, and not really run into those tax issues. So I think I think we're, we really do have kind of yeah. Thank you. Uh, the perfect storm, which low inventory. We still have pretty decent interest rates and plenty of buyers. So when you have that scenario, you, you look at tax reform and say it, it's really not an impact right now, but it could be. And another trend is immigration still out there. People are still coming to the country. Household formation is massive right now. And that's part of it. When you say household formation, we're talking people coming to this country, create houses, build a great wall and nobody builds walls better than me. Believe me. And I'll build them very inexpensively. I made the mistake of building my great wall of China out of paper mache. And I left it outside. Didn't they try the fence thing at the Alamo? Didn't we try that? (laughs) Didn't they build the wall? And then the Mexicans had what they call a ladder. Is that Gary Shandling? Wow. It's kind of sad. Have you seen the Gary Shandling files? On, no, I didn't. He passed away, didn't he? Yeah, he did pass yeah. away. But there's um, two documentaries that are unbelievable, part one and part two, on Gary Shandling. And I, I feel I relate to the guy enormously. Wants to be loved, wants to be appreciated, unlucky in love, unlucky in life. Um, he's got two of the greatest TV shows of all time. Two of the greatest TV shows of all time. The Early Sanders Show and um, what, another one. He didn't ever have the greatest names for his shows. Um... Gary Shatley, not Larry Sanders. So Larry Sanders? Who was Larry Sanders? Who was his talk show character? Larry Sanders. Okay, so it was the Gary Sandlin show and the Larry Sanders show. So he was asked, like, are you going to do another TV show? And the guy goes, I've done what's considered to be two of the greatest TV shows of all time. Top 50 TV shows. 
And a reporter has the courage to say you're going to do another one. He's like, what do you want from me? Like, he's already done it. He's already climbed that mountain. Anyway, I'm a big Gary Shandling fan. I bet you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Little Rob Blackism's coming out. I know you're saying, don't don't talk about yourself in third person. (laughs) Right. So the average 30-year fixed mortgage, it doesn't seem to be changing a lot with tax reform. So that doesn't seem to be a a major catalyst out there right now. But it's in the back of our mind. Is it? Could we watch this trend? Could what happens if mortgage rates get five percent? It's it's a big trend and. Uh, it, it's that's and that's really all you can follow with rates yeah. right now. You can't micromanage, you know, what you're going to. If oh, I'm going to buy that house because uh, rates dip today, I mean, that's not why people buy houses. In fact, most of the articles you see is uh, people are still going to buy houses no matter what rates are, and that's it's all about programs from our perspective. Yeah, and and realtors really like the fact that realtors, meaning the front line of the housing industry, really like the fact that us as mortgage guys can say, yeah, the products are there. More people can buy homes. Do we, can you give us some more homes, please? That's kind of what we're asking. Can you give us more homes? Right. Please sell your house. It's difficult. It reminds me of that um, Beach Boy song. We don't know where Aruba, you're going to move, but just please sell your house anyways. Ooh, I want to take you to Key Largo, Montego. That was the first real estate song that I could think of. <laughs> Can you imagine doing a radio show where you just have awful music and you kind of do like the Beach Boys or Ruba Jamaica? Who I want to take you? It's kind of like your music liners so that people kind of go, oh, he's talking about real estate. <laughs> <laughs> awful music. So, but they, that, that could be a trend in itself. We just talked about where people are going to move. Are they going to sell your houses? Where's the inventory going to come from? Should we be building more? Um, what are the. the Builder that builds the retirement homes is a KB or we need more. We mean those oh, the fifty plus senior living facilities. Sure, right. You have to be fifty years old to move into one of these properties. Um, maybe we need more of those. I still think we need to start a war with old people. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give you the quote you gave many years ago, but okay. So I know your thought on that. So high end homes are running into a situation of you know to buy a million dollar home. And a million-dollar home is not high-end, depending on where you live. It's super high-end, depending on where you live. But it's $40,000 a year in servicing that that mortgage. So I think a lot of people are looking at the tax deductions that are being lost in California and New York. And not a lot, but enough that people aren't stupid. If they see that they're paying $30,000, $40,000 more in tax this year, they, they will say, I can go on more vacations. I can do something different. So we don't know how it plays out yet, but it's a trend that we're watching of people saying, you know, we want out of the high-end, expensive states like California and uh, New York. Well, it certainly brings more of a, the idea that there could be a cap on where home prices can end up on the, for the majority of the homes out there. Like the Bay Area, for example. I mean, we started talking about 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, and all of a sudden you're like, that's probably realistically more like a 1.4 property because of the... <laughs> realistically. Well I, well, I guess, I, I mean, somebody in what, Texas might yeah. be thinking I'm crazy, but... Uh, you could buy a whole trailer park. You could buy five trailer parks <laughs> with in Texas, 1. 4, 1.4 million. Right, but you start looking at the incomes here, and, and if you're a millennial... Oddly enough, it's get hit by a tornado. You know why? Because God yeah, that's hates low-income That's where people. tornadoes are. Because God hates low-income people, and he hits the... It's like perfume. <laughs> In the heart of Texas, me Yeehaw. Of the Would you want to own a trailer park? 
I've seen some people who own I know, real estate I know. parks that yeah. do very well. You and I both know a person who owns a real, yeah. real estate trailer park. And I was like, the first time he said that, I'm like, why? <laughs> you got to de- deal with clientele who don't have teeth. I was like, exactly. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh. They can't bite you. <laughs> they can't bite you. In a zombie apocalypse, you're safest in a trailer park, right? Well, yeah. Uh, well, they have. I, yeah, I'll uh, finish the joke, please. I, I'm. There's no joke there. With a punchline, it is. It's, it, it was DOA. <laughs> so, vacation homes. Will that be a trend? As people say, you know, a second home becomes a vacation home. Does it become a rental? Does it not become a rental? So, tax reform bill not very kind to vacation homes. They could kill a trend. It can squash it. Squadoosh it. I mean, that's a tough question because I mean, are there more vacation spots being opened up? Um, vacation areas are limited, especially here, you know, in the, in the Bay area, you're looking at Tahoe and maybe up North a little bit and you're going to go to Santa Barbara. It's too expensive. I think, I think they are making more vacation areas. Like Auburn wasn't a vacation area, but it's turning into one. I, I don't know if you've been to Auburn lately, but it's really busy. Everyone from Sacramento is going up to Auburn. And if you pay attention, like Eric Estrada during the oh yeah uh, infomercials, sure. there's a hot new luxury property well, in Oklahoma. Well, that was the one in, in Texas, Oklahoma. I went by it. It's, uh, it's actually really nice. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. What is the reason you buy stocks and bonds and real estate? It's because you want to sell them at some point in your life or at some point in past your life for more money than you paid for them, right? But keep in mind, America is stupid. Sometimes we buy stuff we shouldn't buy. Tony Mendez was just talking about, from BayAreaLoansHorse.com, about the cycle of real estate. Do you want to repeat that? Because we were off The there. cycle of real estate? Yeah, you said something about people, mortgage rates move higher and rates oh, move Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and, I mean, one of the trends we were talking about is interest rates. Yeah. Um, back in 2005, 6, and 7, we are hitting our peaks, and interest rates were almost 2% higher than they are today. Um, they were certainly 2% higher, you know, several months ago when the rates were in the threes, but um, it's one of the reasons why we see higher home prices, but... You know, and you get that rate, you either refi or you bought a property and you have really low interest rate. And then you watch interest rates go up. And you're like, yeah, I got a great low interest rate. But then, and you've watched your home price go up because more people can buy and more people are, are getting those lower interest rates and they can afford more. And then interest rates go higher and you feel pretty happy about that. But that also means that less people can buy your house when you can sell it. So it really just plays into the whole cycle of what real estate does every five, 10 years, it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down. That's the big trend. No matter if, if you're talking about buying property in Eric Estrada's estate in Oklahoma, or you're buying in Texas, or you're buying in the gravy down in the South, eventually it goes up, eventually it goes down. And we're going to go through another recession eventually. And people are going to find another opportunity to buy and sell and make money on it. What's interesting about what you just said is I heard very little of it, but it was interesting. I was fascinated. I was fascinated both chips and syndication chips and Eric Estrada. Did you know he left the show in for like seven episodes in 1982 and the show ran from like 77 to 82. That's a long time. A lot of flaws in punch punch John Poncharelli. So Eric Estrada left the show because he wanted more syndication profits. Do you know who he was replaced by? I can't remember. Former Olympian. Might have won a decathlon. Is it called a decathlon when you win all 10? 
Very masculine, 1976 Montreal American flag running around the track in a victory lap. This? No, um... Male athlete. Later in life, he has something taken off his body so he can be a woman. Bruce Jenner! There we go. Replaced Eric Estrada for like eight or nine episodes. And you know what's funny is California Highway Patrol. I didn't realize this when I was watching it, but now I see a big flaw in the show. They never drive two at a time together. They're always by themselves. So they didn't didn't have partners. And they tried to oddly explain it away. But to a child, you don't oddly explain away. Ponch was a trouble guy on probation, so he had to go with his buddy. No. I have to admit, I watched the show. (laughs) I know. I think America did. Because you know why? We had no choices. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. CBS was for old people. NBC was kind of a young hip thing going on. ABC had hits and misses, but they were kind of quirky. And Fox didn't really come into its own until the mid-80s. So you had to watch this this garbage. But anyway, I digress. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. So if you want a loan, call Tony. BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource. How tough is it to get like um, non-conventional loans? Like, for instance... Single family home, I would consider pretty conventional, old fashioned loan. Loan has the the type of loan you're getting has very little to do with the property that you have, unless it's commercial. How about um, trailers? Well, I mean, you can get certain types of loans from certain types. They're conventional. You're talking about not what they call non QM is what you're trying to yeah. bring out, which uh, translates into portfolio or um, what was the old. Uh, say uh, sub uh, subprime loans, uh, basically anything that's not government or conventional. It is a lot easier. The farther you get away from the tight guidelines from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, um, the easier it is to get a loan. But your rate's going to be higher. So if you're talking about a single family house and you have bad credit, maybe a foreclosure or a bankruptcy, something that just doesn't fit the other guidelines, you're going to go what they call non QM, non qualified mortgage, which is what came out of Dodd Frank. And there's, they're everywhere, Rob. Everyone is offering them. That is, we talk about products and how it drives the market. Um, they're not changing Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, USDA. What they are changing is that non-QM product. Anything that, and it could be jumbo, it could be conforming, it doesn't matter. Um, but any, anybody can get a freaking loan nowadays. It just, how much do you qualify for? You still have to qualify. You still have to have income. You get no, no credit score. You can get. You can do no income, no asset verification. Purchase loans for investment properties. See now, you see some of these kooky places being brought up of like one person. It's like a Yahoo story where like a uh, twenty-seven-year-old Minnesota man buys a three hundred square foot room in the desert or in the forest, and you're like, that's kind of genius. He doesn't need a lot. He's in the forest. He's got you know rivers to entertain him and stuff. Do you think we're going to see more odd product get lined up with mortgages? Like, if I, if we go privatization of banks, yes. Okay, because you have to have some sort of collateral. If a bank's going to give you X amount of dollars, they don't want a pod in the middle of the forest. But there, there's a trend going on there. I, personally, I wouldn't, unless I had some serious income to support any kind of losses that might come up i wouldn't i would stay away from non-qm unless i was like i said a savvy investor and i need i needed it it was my only option you always want to start with the best and work yourself away from it worst case scenario 
But you have to have an exit strategy. Most people who get these non-QMs, they don't get exit strategies, which is what's going to replace that crappy loan. Tony's great to talk to because he rambles on. He likes talking real estate. You can take him to lunch, buy him a beer. He'll talk real estate, mortgages, investing, ideas with you. Cities like Reno versus cities like Stockton, great ideas. Homes you live in, homes you want to live in. You get the idea. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.